Hello, this is the Green Report, Rappler's show on the environment and the stories of people whose decisions impact the world around us. I'm G. Geronimo. And I'm Ia Gozum. And nagbabalik kami dito sa studio. And today we are, we have one of our thought leaders, Rappler's thought leaders, and an expert on natural hazards, geology, and environmental science. We're going to talk to Dr. Kelvin Rodolfo. Welcome, Dr. Kelvin. Welcome. Hi, good to be here. Yeah. Uh, how do you find our studio here in Rappler? It's your first time in Rappler. Yes, it is. I'm very impressed, especially by the fact that it's so open when you come in. Yeah, right. So it's very nice. It's wide and open. No, no secrets. <laughs> no secrets. Um, did I sure? <laughs> yeah. But sir, it's so nice to meet you. And um, we're, we have been, although it's our first time meeting you today, we, we, you have been our resource person for a lot of stories already on Rappler, especially the reclamation stories. Mm-hmm. And we, you have also been writing thought leader pieces for us on the environment. Yes. Um, just, I, I guess, just to acquaint you with our listeners, uh, our audience, um, what started you or how did you start? Uh, how did your interest start in um, geology, in natural hazards, and in um, environmental science? Well, I uh, went to UP Diliman in 1952, and... Was your mother born yet? Not yet. No, not, not yet. yet. Uh, and uh, I was, I, I think that I, I was probably too young to be serious. That time. Uh, at that time. So as a first year and second year student, I was not very serious. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, I actually flunked out of school. Nagka, nagkatat, dalawang kwatro, isang singko, isang semedro. Wow. Uh, but that, that made me wake up. I, I removed the, the fours to threes, mm. and I came back in. By good luck, uh, I took a course in geology from a very dynamic professor mm-hmm. who made the, the subject live and breathe. And uh, he made me into a geologist, and he made me into a geology professor. And through him, I have been teaching. He teaches through me, mm-hmm. because I've been teaching since 1966 at the, at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I'm forever grateful to him for having me such a good professor. Right. Even today, sir, as we speak, you, you still teach classes, right? Yes, absolutely. Even uh, in the Philippines, ba? Or just... Uh, abroad. Uh, meron po ba kayong tinuturuan din dito na classes or just uh, hindi, hindi classes. Uh, kaya lang parang uh, informal consultant ako sa Project NOAA. Mm. And uh, I interact with the young uh, the young uh, researchers and I dearly enjoy it. It's so mm. much so much. What keeps me young is is uh, interacting with young people. Really? Like you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for calling us young. <laughs> what do you like about teaching the most, sir? Um, I like teaching the most if I have a difficult subject to, lear- to, to teach, mm-hmm. to, le- to learn about it properly, so I, I know that I'm teaching fact, and then I learn how to make it understandable, mm-hmm. which is maybe even harder than learning, learning kung anong katunayan no, no. And the reward, nasa mga mata ng mga sudyante, pag nakaintindi, there's no better reward in the world. Right. I think kind of like what you felt 
when you uh, got that course in geology from your mentor? Well, I, after two lectures, I was a geologist already. <laughs> you were like, so good. He, right. Ah, this is what I want to do. And I think, parehas, naman journalists, that's also our hope that when we relay or when we report on these things, ganun din, the people will understand what we're reporting. So first, we have to understand it. Sir, I'm curious, what is the most, um, uh, what is the biggest myth or misconception in your field to this day? I mean, you've been in, the, in, you've been in that field for decades. What is the biggest uh, what, what frustrates you the most? What frustrates me the most is uh, the, uh, the fact that people do not understand global warming. And global warming is the, the, the thing that is changing uh, the, the, the climate, and people don't really understand it properly. Even I don't understand it entirely because it has been a subject I've been studying uh, mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, Anyway, uh, global warming is not bad. Global, without global warming, we would not have life on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, global warming is not, uh, is not uh, caused by CO2. Mm -hmm. The main, the main uh, greenhouse gas is water vapor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's basically, and that's what I want to try and teach uh, mm -hmm. the most right now, is to, is to enlighten people about the true nature of the, the global uh, the greenhouse effect, which is causing global warming and climate change. Sir, you've been teaching for almost seven decades, yes. right? And you said it's a joy to work with younger people. Yes. Uh, what do you think are the most pressing issues that you think young geologists, budding geologists, should focus on? Here in the Philippines. Philippines, the problem is it's very hard to be a young, a young person who wants to be a scientist in a country where science is ignored and, and uh, denigrated mm -hmm. and uh, scientists are viewed with suspicion mm -hmm. or are, are considered to be politicians when all they're trying to do is to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Because people, because sometimes the truth goes against the wishes of the powers that be. Right. Yeah. Oh. Did you experience it, sir, when you were younger? No. And uh, I mean, w were there difficulties for you um, to really study this um, field when we were when you were still in the field? Of course, there were difficulties. Because mm hindi -hmm. katalino That's the first thing. That's that the, my my greatest difficulty. Mm. But at the same time, nung panahon namin nung nung binata ba ako, mm -hmm. May respeto sa agam. People respected science. And ang nangyari, over the last mga 10 years, ganun, ang social media ay winawasak ang respeto para sa, sa science. Pinabali right. wala, uh, minumura. Mm -hmm. And that's very frustrating because truth is truth. Right. Whether people like it or not, truth is truth. Mm -hmm. I think right now, it's really especially hard to be a scientist, to be a journalist, you know, people who deal with uh, facts, with, with truth. What's kept you going? Or wh why do you keep doing science? Well, uh, 
I've been doing, sinabi mo kanina, seven decades na. Itong huling decade lang, lumitaw yung problema na binabaliwala ang science. And so, I had six, six decades of respect as a scientist and uh, understanding of, of what science is. And then, social media somehow changed everything. Everything. Sir, we, um, as I mentioned earlier, you are one of our research persons on the reclamation stories that we have been running since 2020. And you've really sounded the alarm, especially on the reclamation projects in Manila Bay. Hmm. Um, of course, that is a, a very complex issue that is too, nga, too complex to even cover in just one hmm. podcast or one show like, like this. But what, do, what for you is the strongest um, uh, uh, argument against uh, reclamation projects? Or why should people really stand against these projects uh, here? Especially, as we know, um, and dami ng reclamation projects dito sa Pilipinas. Uh, why should uh, people um, really, uh, you know, alamin pa nila yung issue na ito at talagang they really talk about it? Pinakang problema reclamation will kill people. Maniwala po kayo. Uh, the most frustrating thing is, nung uh, 2000, 2014 yata, uh, JICA, the Japanese Institute for International Cooperation, FIVOLX, and uh, the, the Manila uh, MM, MMDA, MMDA. Uh, they, they made a thorough study of the possibility of a major earthquake in uh, Metro Manila mm -hmm. on the... Uh, on the, the faults running through here. Ang sinasabi nila, almost certainly magka 7.2 dito. At, at kung basahin mo yung description nila nung, kung anong nangyayari sa 7.2, makikilabutan po kayo, maniwala. Trust me. Uh, so, they made a thorough study which, which among other things, uh, shows that reclaimed areas and, and even natural coastal areas Will be the will suffer the most damage. Eh, nung pumarito ako kanina, nakilabutan ako dahil ang daming mga high rise dito. Kung alibaba magka 7.2, maniwala po kayo yung nakakita natin sa nangyari sa Turkey. Yung nakalang buwan. Ay, nako, this will be even worse. Kasi po, one of the worst things is na yung ginagamit nilang uh, mga buhangin at graba para sa konkreto, ay eh, nanggagaling sa pinatubo. Kung tignan mo isang bato na galing sa pinatubo, parang ampaw baga. Hmm. It's full of holes because that rock was, uh, was uh, a bubbly liquid before it, before it solidified into a rock. Mm -hmm. Kaya maraming mga, 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 mga butas. Hmm. Uh, you can make concrete using that material as long as it's not bearing weight. Pero kung halimbawa gumawa ka ng column na para sa LRT, if you use that, siguradong babagsak yung LRT mo. And I don't know how many of these tall buildings around here used pinatubo sand and gravel. Pero it's the cheapest and the most abundant and easily available. Saka magaan sa truck, hindi ba? And so, they've been using that. Kaya pati kayo dito sa, ano pangalan itong gusaling ito? 
estansya? Uh, you better uh, investigate for yourselves kung anong ginamit nilang grab at buhangin dito. Mm -hmm. And you can find that out. You need to do that. Uh, yung nung, nung nagka, nagkalindol sa Turkey, nakikita nyo, ang dami mga, may mga, mga high-rise na okay lang, pero yung mga iba, tu, talagang bumagsak. Kasi walang quality control at uh, hindi, hindi tama yung pagka, pag, pagkagawa. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that in Metro Manila, kulang ang quality control sa construction. So, nung nakita ko yung nangyari sa, Tur sa Turkey, and I'm looking at Manila, or maybe it will be maybe even so worse. So you're than saying, that. sir, that what happened in Turkey is something that can happen also in Manila? Oh, absolutely. Kung mm -hmm. if the government and FIVOX themselves say na magkaroon ng 7.2, maniwala po kayo, magka problema tayo dito. Lalong lalo kung yung mga gusali ipinatayo sa reclaimed. Dahil pag may lindol, hindi lang layuyog yung lupa. At nagiging parang liquid yung kasi may 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 lamang tubig yung 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 uh, yung uh, underlying soil at nagiging parang liquid ay di wala na maaring tutumba hindi lang babagsak gaya sa Turkey kaya kaya maaring tutumba magtitilt at tutumba very frustrating at the same time the government knows that there is a going to be a 7.2. It bakit pa nila pinapayagang mag-reclaim. Kaya ang sinasabi ko sa mga tao ngayon, kung ang plano mo ay bumili ng property sa reclaimed land, una, maghanap ka ng disaster and damage insurance. Is there such a thing here in the... Well, if there's not such a thing, that's because there's no money in making that insurance. Kasi sigurista yung mga insurance company, di ba? Kung hindi gano ka panganib, okay, we'll make money selling insurance. Kung on the other hand, alanganin, they won't give you the insurance. So that's the simplest thing. Try to find damage and disaster insurance. And if you cannot get it, let that be a warning to you. Don't be stupid. Don't buy. Don't build. How about the affected communities, the directly affected communities ng reclamation? Like we've heard of displacement of fisher folks. What do you think we can do more, even the scientific community here in the Philippines, to really speak out against you can speak out all you want, but if the reclamation is going on, what does speech matter? How does speech matter? Naawa ko sa mga ano mga na displaced, and then very recently, may mga false false media reports na quoting authorities na walang patay daw ang ang Manila Bay, walana ng isda. And they, they, they quoted, misquoted, or uh, people who, who they never talked to, who said, to say, ah, patay na ang Manila Bay, so it's okay to reclaim. Mm -hmm. Pero sa kasalukuyan, they are dredging the bottom of the bay to make material for reclamation. That is destroying the environment of the fish, right. even though there are still fish here. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, just to go back, because we've been talking about the Turkey earthquake, na rin, and I, I actually wanted to ask you because um, this is really in ha, it has been in the news cycle for weeks now. And uh, 
last uh, just today I actually researched uh, umabot na yung death toll to 55,000 in Turkey and Syria. Um, maybe our listeners or our audience are curious, bakit ba sobrang deadly nitong Turkey earthquake nito? And um, why are why are there so many people who who have died? Well, the bigger and stronger the earthquake, the more people die. Mm -hmm. That's on one hand. That's nature. On the human side, ang ang panganib na gawang tao ay walang quality control sa pagpatayo ng mga gusali. Whether it be uh, no standards or lack standards or uh, enforcing uh, officials being bribed or whatever, ang, in my experience doing natural hazards, and I've been doing that since uh, 19, the 1980s, part of the problem is nature and part of the problem is, is, uh, is human. Humans, right. Right. Is it too late, sir, or is there anything else that we can do here in, in, the, in the Philippines? Well, I mean, I look at all these buildings. I don't <laughs> tell everybody to evacuate. Will anybody even... They would just laugh at you. Mm. I, I don't know. I have no... Is, uh, is there something ordinary citizens can do? Because if, uh, if we're not implementing proper standards into building buildings and we keep on... And companies keep on doing reclamation projects. Are there anything that ordinary citizens can do about it? Well, kanya kanya na. I mean, you have to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your family, hindi ba? And that's basically what it boils down to. Everybody has to exercise sound judgment in what in the decisions that they make. Right. When they purchase, for example, properties or if they Buy a buy a house here. Kung meron pa dito sa Metro Manila, sobrang ano nandarin, dami naring. But sir, what what lessons can we learn from that tragedy in Turkey for here in the Philippines? Well, if you see six buildings surrounded by surrounding one building that totally collapsed, you know that that building was not bad, not well built. And you can look and see kung sino nag 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 Authorized na yung pagpatayo, de ba? But I can't I can't go beyond that. I'm frustrated. Right. I'm frustrated. It's frustrating. I think we should all at this point really be frustrated. And may ano bang way to prepare for it, sir? Kasi de ba sa pre? It's such a big tragedy that could happen here in. Well. Maybe just on an individual level. What it boils down to, what it boils down to is individual responsibility. Not individual and familial responsibility. Because, look, the government told us that we are going to have a 7.2. Maganda yung science. Very thorough. Well done, science. Uh, but the government at the same time is allowing reclamation to happen. When if you look at the maps in that study, yung mga pinakamasamang lugar, mga pinakamapanganib, ay mga reclaimed areas, mga hindi lang reclaimed areas, but areas underlain by weak coastal materials. So at the same time, 
that the government is telling you, I'm macaron, the, the big one will come sooner or later, and uh, the longer you wait, the worse it's going to be. And at the same time, they are permitting the building of, uh, they are permitting reclamation, mm -hmm. and also destroying the environment of the bay at the same time. Uh, if I'm angry, if I look angry, I probably am, no? I think it's a bit bleak to think about it when, when we think about how we can prepare for these disasters on an individual capacity, but the government keeps on uh, implementing these projects. Parang well, hopeless. I have always said all my life, any country in the world, every country in the world, mm -hmm. deserves the government it has. Whether it be Russia, whether it be United States, whether it be Pinas, every people ultimately are responsible for their leadership, niba. Hindi maiwasan yan. So, um, if things have to change, it maybe has to be the way the people choose their leadership. But, having being 86 years old, I have not seen really any improvement in the, in the quality of the way the country is governed. I, had, I hate to say that. Was there no administration that uh, listened to science? Well, some, some listened more than others. Mm -hmm. oh. But I have to say that the previous one was one of the worst in, in paying attention to science, except for one thing. I want to give President Duterte the, the, uh, the credit mm -hmm. for trying to implement politician, uh, uh, sorry, uh, pol uh, uh, population control. Mm. Because at the bottom of all of this is that Filipinos are procreating faster than they can than they can give them accommodation and jobs and, mm. and whatever. So that's the one good thing that I credit uh, President Duterte with. He tried and he succeeded uh, fairly well in, in Davao, mm -hmm. but not, not the whole country. Sir, let's turn to one of the issues that you've written and published in Rappler most. Uh, I think you've written at least four or five <laughs> pieces on nuclear power. Mm. Uh, some climate advocates are saying that nuclear power is actually climate-friendly mm -hmm. and that it's a prerequisite to transition to clean energy. What do you, what do you think about this? Uh, <laughs> Nuclear, what happened was Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened, no? Mm -hmm. right. And everybody, when after it happened, the, Amer the U.S. government got felt very guilty and the scientists felt very guilty. And since then, every, the sci many scientists and many governments have been trying to make up for killing so many people in, so, so, in such a terrible way. So they, want, they, they started pushing nuclear power. But let us talk about BNP, BNPP. Uh, and and uh, the, the climate impact of BNPP. Um, BNPP, uh, every year, kailangan ng 100 tons of uranium. Mm -hmm. huh? Yung 100 tons na yun, hindi basta dumarating sa nampot point na, na carbon-free. Mm -hmm. Yung, saan nanggagaling yung uranium? Yung batong minimina, na may lamang uranium, yung, yung uranium ay 0.1%. Mm -hmm. Kung kailangan ng 100, uh, 100 uh, tons per year, you have to mine 
a hundred ano a hundred medyo mahina ako sa arithmetic eh. But you would need to mine a hundred thousand tons of rock containing 0.1% uranium. Kailangan imina, kailangan igiling, kailangan i-extract yung uranium. Tapos kailangan, karamihan ng uranium na yan, hindi yung 235 na ginagamit sa power plant. Mostly 238 siya na hindi magagamit. So you have to separate those. Huh? And then you, you, and then you have to enrich. Uh, yung yung natural uh, content, eh, mga what, uh, let's say my arithmetic is very very uh, very flimsy right now. Especially I'm so old and naguiyani uh, na, no. But uh, you have to you have to uh, extract and you have to make all of that takes a lot of power. Mm -hmm. Hindi basta dumarating yung uranium mo sa planta na carbon-free. Kung tignan mo yung mga napakalaking butas na ginawang uh, mini ng, uh, mini, ginamit na pang mina ng, ng uranium sa, sa Australia, uh, two, three kilometers uh, in diameter, half a kilometer deep. Dati, puro bato yun. What made that hole? Did nuclear power make that hole? Diesel made that hole. Diesel put out uh, put put out uh, CO2, di ba? The yung yung mill na gumiling that that took energy too. Uh, the the enrichment took energy too. Uh, now the pro one of the problems is much of that is government subsidized. Mm -hmm. In other words, taxpayer subsidized. Right. right. So you think now, if BNPP is running, that the, that the Pinoys haven't already paid plenty for that? Especially since may mga, how, much, how many billion already? Na not one single second of, uh, of power came out of that thing. Now, mm -hmm. we, over, over a billion dollars were, were spent. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's so hypocritical. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, many government officials don't even understand that. Mm -hmm. They buy the fiction now. Oh, it's carbon-free because the plant does not put out any carbon. Mm -hmm. Bullshit! I'm oh, sorry. Uh, bull. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sir, in your perspective, how best can the Philippines uh, transition to clean energy? Because a lot of people are saying, since we won't get clean energy with a snap of our fingers, uh, parang kailangan muna natin mag-nuclear energy, kailangan muna natin natural gumamit gas. ng natural gas. Parang, what, do, what do you think of this? Well, uh, Nuclear energy, as I think I explained already, mm -hmm. is not carbon-free. Mm -hmm. um, you have to mine. Uh, you have to mine your uranium from rock containing only one tenth of a percent of uranium, and uh, you have to crush. The, you have to mine the rock. You have to crush the rock. You have to extract the uranium. Mm -hmm. Then you have to take the uh, uranium two thirty eight out of the uh, away from the uranium two thirty five, which is what you need. Uh, you have to make uh, you have to make fuel pellets. Mm -hmm. All of that takes plenty of energy, and and uh, that will the amount of carbon dioxide produced by those processes will rival that that produced by by using uh, the the lower quality uh, methane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the problem is. Pag napatayo na yung power plant mo, uh, siyempre, uh, 
habang tumatagal, ang yung yung uh, yung content na, na uranium na mga ore bababa because mining always takes the richer ore. Mm-hmm. So over time, paunti ng paunti yung lamang uranium, hindi ba? Mm-hmm. Ibig sabihin, parami ng parami yung ginagamit mong CO2 mm-hmm. paggawa. At some point, it may be na you are making so much CO2 getting the uranium that you are actually making more CO2 than if you just burn burn the natural gas. Right. Mm-hmm. Problema, committed ka na. You have this napakamahal na facility. You have to keep using it. Mm-hmm. So that becomes like a nuke, what they call the nuclear trap. You're stuck. <laughs> you made the decision to go nuclear, mm-hmm. now you're stuck. Right. So what and, are the alternatives, sir, if, that the Philippines can explore? If, you know, if we can't use nuclear, if we can't uh, use natural gas, well, or the alternatives? I would start by using geothermal. Mm-hmm. And where would I start doing that? I would start doing that at Naput Point, mm-hmm. where BNPP sits. I would mm-hmm. use the facility of B- BNPP by drilling into the, into the volcano mm-hmm. and extracting heat from the volcano to run the turbines. Mm-hmm. So you would have a geotherm- you would make BNPP a geoth- geothermal plant. Mm-hmm. There are good uh, there were good studies na maniwa mani, malinaw na yung maraming mga hot springs doon sa sa crater nung natib no. Ang sinasabi ng mga nag-aral na, na uh, science scientists engineers uh, the the source of the of the hot water is at least 200 degrees centigrade. If you went even deeper, lalong pa, lalong lalong may lalong may init. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have if you make a, a geothermal plant out of BNPP, if there is a if there is an eruption or there's an earthquake, you will destroy that uh, geothermal plant, but you won't be throwing out nuclear material. Mm. Uh, so, so thinking ko, there are also technologies for getting geothermal. Uh, which are improving all the time. Mm-hmm. So it becomes possible na lahat ng mga coal-fired power plant may facility na, no? Right. Drill a hole deep enough so you can extract geothermal heat, however deep you have to go, and, you, and, and, and uh, run the plant instead of, instead of with coal mm-hmm. with geothermal, which is clean. Mm-hmm. There are centuries and centuries of, of geothermal heat waiting here, just waiting to be used. Mm-hmm. The so other thing, there's one more. Uh, the San Bernardino Strait between Luzon and Samar mm-hmm. has powerful tides mm-hmm. that go in and out every every passage of the moon. And uh, there is some, it's going it's going fast, and then it stops. Mm-hmm. And while it stops, you can you can service your equipment, and then it flows the other way, back and forth. Gagawaya ng ng electricity. Mm-hmm. If I were uh, Bongbong Marcos, I would try to do better for the country by not doing nuclear, but by developing uh, tidal power at uh, San, San Bernardino Strait. That would give good power to the Visayas and good power to Southern Luzon. Mm-hmm. And it is a perfectly uh, mathematically predictable mm-hmm. source of energy. Because the tides are mathematical. You can predict what the tides are going to be hundreds of years from now, mm-hmm. precisely. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, also one of the things. If I were president and I wanted to build a major monument, mm-hmm. 
That's what I would do. I would build a tidal power uh, uh, institute uh, manned by Filipino scientists, manned by Filipino engineers, as a, and invite people from all over the world to study how to do this. Mm -hmm. So we become a leader, not just a follower. Right. This is the, the closest thing to a perpetual motion machine that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. Sir, are there enough uh, supporters? Uh, from the academe, from the government, of turning these existing plants of, for example, BNPP no. uh, to a geothermal plant? No. No. Um, the big problem is that nuclear is uh, powerful, too powerful, uh, has too powerful financial backing and governmental backing. Mm. And it's really all about family. Mm. Bongbong Marcos's Ninong was Dandinko Huanco. Uh, Mark, Marco Huanco, um, his dinong was, uh, was Ferdi Marcos. Mm. And so you have this double, double compari that's very powerful of government and, and uh, money. And you cannot, how can you beat that? Mm -hmm. The only hope is that perhaps uh, Bong Bong will, will, uh, will see the light and will see that he can do a much better thing in uh, perhaps making, a making tidal power a re reality or ma and making geothermal reality instead of relying on nuclear. Mm -hmm. Because then he would do much better than his father did. Mm -hmm. And every son wants to do better than his father. Take it from me. <laughs> we have been discussing uh, different issues this, uh, today during our discussion. But I'm curious and I've always been asking this in this um, show. Um, what do you think, sir, are the environmental issues that remain underreported in media, even in, in just in the Philippines? What do you want to see more on the news? Well, uh, reclamation is going ahead mm -hmm. in part because of uh, public acceptance of its going on. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, there, is a very, there are very strong studies that say that reclamation is exceedingly dangerous. So the biggest problem is that the government is saying one thing and doing the other thing. The other thing. That is the real problem. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, uh, it, that's how it comes out in the media too. So everybody believes that this is okay mm -hmm. when it is not okay. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things. There's another problem. <clears throat> in studying disaster, you need data. You need scientific data that has been gathered over the years. Right. Uh, the government does not want those data to be publicly accessible. But who paid for those data? Mm -hmm. It was the Filipino taxpayer who paid for that data, and so it must be freely available to everybody. Right. Why, are they, why don't they want to share the data? Is it because there is some financial consequence to sharing? Or what? Or political consequence to sharing? I don't know, but we, I will say, yung mga data ngayon, binili ng taxpayer peso. Kaya, it is the property of the people and it should be made freely available to everyone, not just here, but all over the world. Mm -hmm. Because then we can address the problems properly. Right. The, another problem is, yung pag-predict pag, uh, pag ng, uh, ng, ng disaster, uh, they use a technique that the Mines and Geoscience Bureau has been using a long time, and it's, it's very bad. Mm -hmm. it, they call it determinative prediction. Ano ibig sabihin doon? Magkabaha, 
people go out and they talk in the different nag-i-interview sila mga isa sa ibang barangay kung gaano kalalim at kung gaano katagal halimbawa no and they gather those data and then they make plans based on that that is determinative means you are looking back you are looking backward we need to predict what the hazards are going to be because the world is changing how is the world changing with climate change Right. So you need to predict. Kung halimbawa uh, the, the the climate increases by one degree, what are the consequences? How how much worse are the floods going to be? So you need to be you need to be uh, you need to be you need to be uh, what, um, what you call this uh, probabilistic. Hmm. You need what is the probability that ten years from now we're going to get what kind of flood? Probabilistic is looking toward the future. Deterministic is based on what happened before. Right. Right. And that is crazy. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Sir, uh, we've talked a lot. Uh, we've talked a lot about environmental issues and we've talked a lot about how bleak it is to look at the future. But you're working with, uh, you're teaching young students, you're working with young geologists. Uh, do you have any message of hope for them. How can they continue working in this field when it's almost institutional that uh, we're not listening to science enough, that we're not uh, taking the climate crisis as seriously as we should? Well, uh, I'm an old man, no? You are young. The young have, have energy. The young have idealism. The young have drive. The young have desire. Uh, young people who go into art suffer for their art because they love the art, right? mm -hmm. People will suffer in order to paint because they want to paint, mm -hmm. uh, People who love science, who love nature, despite all of, this, all of the, uh, the obstacles, should keep on doing that. Follow your heart's desire. Mm -hmm. And if there are difficulties, like if there are difficulties because if you're a painter, you don't have any money, uh, you need to spend time and you're not, you're not making money, but you do it anyway. If you are in love with science, follow your heart. And the obstacles, face the obstacles while you have the energy of youth and the desire of youth and the idealism of youth. So sir, on bottom line, to suffer is to live. Tutu bayon. Well, you tell me, sir. You've been here longer than me. To suffer is to live, but I will tell you, I have been in a love affair with my best friend and soulmate for 51 years. Sana all. And that makes up for everything. Oh. So I will tell you, young people, find your soulmate. Baka ba sa next episode natin? Post-Valentine's pala. Yan ang topic natin. Thank you, Dr. Kelvin, for joining us today. We really enjoyed our conversation with you. I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. If you have questions, even for Dr. Kelvin or for us, you can reach us at Ia Gozum on Twitter for Ia and at Jihiron for me on Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.